It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Phyllis George. Finally. Oh, Megan, Megan. It's a great episode. It's the Phyllis George episode. This episode. Are you ready? It's time to watch the Muppets, Meg. We watched them. Okay, we watched the Phyllis George episode this week, airing in the UK on January 11th, 1980, and in the US Mm. on November 29th. 1979. We got an 80s episode. 80s, 70s. This episode, I feel like, already started off with problems. Like, I talked to you when we were hanging out the other day as friends instead of just as podcast hosts. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how, like, this episode we were supposed to, according to the Wikia, have watched it two episodes ago. Yeah. But we watched them following Disney Plus's order instead. And I feel like that paid off. Mm -hmm. Right? All right, so let's just jump into it. I feel like I know why they decided to do it. Why? And spoiler alert, I watched the episode after this as well. Yeah. And the episode, I have a I have a note here that says something like, oh, I love when people I don't know, like who I don't know, I mean, are on the show. Yeah. And it's so great because it just showcases the Muppets and it's not really about the yeah. guest. Yeah. And I really felt that. But in the next episode, it is the same thing, but a dud. Yes. I, you're absolutely right. Then I don't want to just immediately Spoiler start shitting alert. on yeah. next week's episode, but you're right. No. This episode, I'm like, I do not know Phyllis George. I don't yeah. know her. But by the end of it, I was like, she was a delight. She she perfectly fit in with everything and she let the Muppets be the Muppets, and she let the Muppet Show do the Muppet Show, and she added to it, but not, like, didn't shift the focus to being all about her, yeah, also. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Cold open. Scooter tells Phyllis that he guarantees tonight's show will be exciting and suspenseful. Say, we got a very special show plan for you tonight. You're gonna love it. Are you sure about that? Oh, I guarantee it's exciting, suspenseful. Is it funny? The guarantee just ran out. <laughs> I did like that, that immediately. Like, exactly. Uh, Can't um, guarantee it'll be funny. Well, and then the intro kicks in, and I have, it's nice Jennifer's in the intro. Is Jennifer in the intro? Yeah, she's like in the bottom, sort of one one above the last, uh, the bottom row when to the right. When we're talking like we're doing the, is my yeah. bitch, oh, she's in that part? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I would have guessed she was in like the audience visibly. No, she's, no, she's a real part of the, the Muppets. Opening. Yeah. Okay. Jennifer. She's not an audience of the Muppets. Every time you remind me that her name is Jennifer, I like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I just... Who's that guy who wrote the song, I Went to School with 27 Jennifers? Do you remember that song? Oh, my God, no. I went to school with 27 Jennifers. 16 Jens, 10 Jennies, and then there was her. Okay, so next, Kermit explains tonight's show is dumb. So he's taking the night off. Phyllis George is introduced and welcomes the audience to the first annual Muppets Awards. The curtain pulls back to reveal a lavish set resembling similar entertainment award shows, behind which the Muppets are anxiously awaiting to see who the winners will be. Sam the Eagle addresses a handful of Muppets and proclaims, You are losers. All losers. (laughs) 
It's just funny to hear Frank say that. Uh-huh. And then I think about him and I'm like, why does he hang out with them? If he hates them so much. I mean, I guess he feel like feels like he has a duty to be there uh-huh. to like give his good I love the idea of like this cranky but he loves it. <laughs> he loves but it. But he's like, you know. Yeah, he has the someone real has Frank. to be contrary, right? Like yeah. you know, you can't everything just Can be you shiny imagine roses and everything? Can you imagine that's the real Frank? Uh, is Sam the Eagle? Yeah, they say like, that in the book that it's like it was closer to his real personality <laughs> than like. Okay, so nominated for best song this year is Swedish Chef singing mock Swedish renditions of Yes, We Have No Bananas mm. in a grocery store with the singing food. Waldorf didn't understand a word of it, but Statler responded in mock Swedish. This song I remember last week when we were going over this episode coming up, you said that you were familiar with this song. Yes, I am. And this version of it, wowza, what a doozy. I was laughing. I loved it. I love when the fruits and veggies have voices. I love the tomato. Like the, what did did I write down here? Um, The grapes and the tomato. The grapes are really cool looking too with all the little individual grapes on them and everything. I love it. I have a few, um, like, I have to say, this this will probably go into my all-time faves. because this I or this episode? No, not the whole episode, just that bit. Yeah. Be- that's one of my, my key bits I'm sure I'll choose when we do a best of. Did he sing this song in the episode where he prepared the Thanksgiving dinner? Or no? No, this song was in a previous episode. It was in episode 208. I thought maybe he sang this... In the episode, you know what I'm talking about when he like prepared Thanksgiving dinner. Oh yeah, was that the John Denver episode? It might have been something like that. I God, Doug, I don't I remember. I know. <laughs> I think it was John Denver, and well, they show him like putzing around a grocery store with the shopping cart. I, I love think the idea it was, or it wasn't Kenny Rogers, right? I don't know. I don't think it was Kenny. Maybe it was Kenny Rogers. I don't know. I don't know. But I love the bit of like him pushing the shopping cart and like buying the talking yeah. vegetables and stuff from the grocery store. Because, like, it's, it adds that layer of, like, making him fully, like, a Guy Fieri type character. We watch him buy <laughs> the groceries. He's just Guy he Fieri. Yeah. Are you saying it right? Fieri. <laughs> so backstage, a cauliflower tells Scooter that they learned to sing in Swedish from some meatball. Biggie states that he's been nominated for Best Unexplainable Creature. Sam wonders if they will give a humanitarian award, and Kermit expresses his distaste for award shows. Off-screen, Scooter shouts that they're announcing the first award, so Piggy drops on the floor. All right, next, Fozzie Bear. And Fozzie Bear announces the first Fred Award is for Best Foreign Act. Phyllis scoffs at the name, and Fozzie explains that no one could come up with anything better. You call the award a Fred? Yeah, have to call it something, and nobody's using a Fred, so... May, excuse me, may I see a Fred, please? Uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bowling trophy. <laughs> Poughkeepsie Barons, 1977 League Champions. Yeah, what, this is uh, what you're well, if there's the nominations, you can just read them. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the first category is for the best Ford act. There are six nominations, and they are the Zucchini Brothers. <laughs> Just nominated, that's all! I 
guess they won. I miss the Zucchini Brothers. They were, like, really... <laughs> they're crazy. They're wild. They're really great. They haven't been around in a while. Oh, my God. They were in the Julie Andrews episode. They were really good. Oh, yeah. They were in a lot of season two. So I have a couple of notes about Phyllis George. Shoot. I should pull up who she is. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I don't. I didn't write any notes about her, actually. Mm-hmm. I just wrote, girl, I hope she didn't walk into an airport detector with that um, that dress with the metallic woven into it. One time, It's like putting one of those plates in a microwave and they light on fire. So w- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I know that because something similar happened to me in an airport. Oh, no. No, nothing blew up, but. You know, I was, like, walking to the airport. I have, like, a New York and company, you know, like, little business baby. You know, this is, like, when I'm, like, 19 or Uh 18. And it's, like, sort of a see-through with a metallic stripe sort of woven into the fabric. Oh, okay. And I walk through the airport Uh where you go like this. Yes. Yeah. You put your hands. You have to, like... Hold your hands in like almost a triangle over your head uh-huh. while they put you in that little scanny machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to get like a real pat down. Mm-hmm. And then the lady said to me like, you probably shouldn't wear a shirt with metal pieces all over it or whatever. Metallic <laughs> pieces crazy. when you go through an airport security Like, like you really thought like, oh. I was like, there's... shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, why would you have thought that? <laughs> I didn't oh even God. realize that it was in my shirt like that. This is also hilarious to me because I have a nightmare story of going through one of those, too. I went through with... I forgot to take my Apple Watch off. Because I feel like the rules of like what you can have on, what you should take off, are like all over the place. They're ever-changing. They, they really are, I think. I don't know. I feel like I've taken my wallet out of my pants in like going through metal detectors before, and they're like, no, keep that stuff with you. Your keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, what am I supposed to take out of my pockets then? Mm-hmm. You know? So... I went through with my watch on, and uh, I go through the thing, and I guess it beeped or whatever. And the guy goes, you got to stand to the side. And I go, oh, why? And he's like, I have to check you. And I go, okay. And he goes, he points to, like, the computer screen, and he goes, see that right there? He goes, you're wearing your watch still. I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. And he goes, yeah, you're sorry. Now I have to, you know, pat you down. Oh, my and God. And, you know, he has, they do, like, the back of their hands all the way up your thigh and everything. Uh-huh. He's, like, he's like, you should have taken that watch off while he's doing the whole <laughs> thing. It was so funny. I'm like, I'm being shamed and, like, you know, felt Fondled. out. Fondled. make sure I don't have a gun on me or oh something. Oh, my God. Like, literally insult to injury, you know? Oh, boy. It's terrible. Z- sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, for <laughs> everybody, right? Like, to have to go through all that shit. Yeah, he probably well, does shit like that all the time, though. Gotta tell you, I take my watch off every time. And I go, this one time? I yeah. Forgot, you know, like. <laughs> so I just looked up Phyllis George. She was um, Miss America in 1971. That Very cool. Her. So Phyllis Ann George was an American businesswoman, actress, and sportscaster. In 1975, George was hired as a reporter and co-host on CBS Sports pre-show, NFL Today. Becoming one of the first women to hold an on-air position in national televised sports. Wow, that's a big deal. As the first lady of Kentucky from 1979 to 83, she did unfortunately pass away May 14th, 2020. Oh, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. And my notes about her also say it's nice to see natural boobs and natural cleavage. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) You never see that, like. you know, you just really don't because even if 
even if there is natural cleavage, uh-huh. it's always makeuped now yeah. to like it's like contoured to uh-huh. look airbrushed almost. She had a very like um relatable seeming real person about real person ability to herself on this show. Like I wasn't familiar with who she was and she might as well have just been anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. But it worked still. It wasn't like you know, I wasn't like who the fuck is this? the whole time yeah. I was like I just am not familiar and she's yeah, doing she, a great job yeah she's she was a delight. great announcer she just kept it going she yeah. was fun I guess she, now hearing that she's kind of got that personality of being a host or whatever it well seems they knew like, what to do with her in this episode yeah, that, that, that's what I liked about this episode usage, like you're right they knew what they were doing and they Versus, made a show around her again not to complain about next week's episode but next week's episode all she does is perform her songs like her way a couple times and that's it there's nothing I know. Okay, okay. <laughs> for the next category, best sketch, Pigs in Space performs. Nominated for Pig Alien. Piggy, on the other hand, would rather do First Mate Piggy Saves the Day, which Link Hogthrob can't remember. Piggy reenacts portions of the script which involve her knocking out, knocking him out after he becomes hysterical. Captain Blue Boar enters the bridge of the swine trek who thinks they're doing Pig Alien. He doesn't remember that one either. So Piggy has to knock out Link again. Julia Strangepork starts dancing to disco because his favorite sketch is Strangepork takes up disco. The following chaos ends the sketch. I love the idea that there's um, a fake episode that we haven't seen that's just called Strangepork takes up <laughs> disco and he's just doing like the he's John like, Travolta boogie nights kind of shit. It was fun and that's, you know, that's Jim doing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then Strange... Yeah. I think this is one of my... More favorite ideas of a Pigs in Space, even. It was very, very, very fun. And obviously it was of the time, because this is 79 still. Yeah, so we're working our way out of the disco era. Yeah. Right? Like, and I like the idea that Strange Or no, when like did this... the disco era end? Not till 80, in the 80s. 83, maybe. Yeah, I don't really know much about, like, the disco crazes ending, like, mm-hmm. end. But I would imagine it's got to be on its way out, right? Burn down the disco. <laughs> you want me to ask Morrissey? We'll see. Is this the Smiths? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> hang the DJ, hang the DJ. He is a he is a trip, that Morrissey. So transitioning from an awkward end to Pigs in Space, Fozzie moves things along for the award show that he claims a Moving right along. said couldn't be done. From backstage, Kermit yells, shouldn't, I said, shouldn't be done. Fozzie then announces a performance for the second nomination of Best Song, which is Phyllis sings Carbon Paper by Rolf, playing the white piano. Mm-hmm. During the bridge, she tells Rolf that the song is a little weird. Mm-hmm. He agrees and says he wanted a song that was very weird, but this was the best he could find. He joins her in singing the rest of the song, Carbon Paper. I feel like we've heard this before. Piggy Sue, I see that bitch. <laughs> I see her over there. <laughs> she sang this song. Oh my god, when she was introduced in episode 302. Mm-hmm. Wow, in the Leo Sayer episode. So, where the hell has she been? Oh, you see her around. Like, not oh really. no, she's in this episode more than once, I think. When? Really? Yeah. Wow, Piggy Sue. A.K.A. Annie Sue. Has not, I don't really feel like she's been around in a little while. Yeah, you know who else hasn't been around in a little while? Who? Ralph. <laughs> well, Ralph. Ralph 
And this is a solely exists in the UK spot. It feels like (laughs) no, Ralph Ralph exists in this episode Mm -hmm. beyond the UK spot. I would have thought that that was the UK spot. Mm -hmm. The UK spot in this episode is is a tricky. I know. I know. Really, really is. Because I knew I knew what the UK spot was, and I said, ah. This is the UK spot. I didn't. I was going in blind and assuming it was this song. Oh, really? Yes. I assumed that this song, you know, anytime I see Ralph wheel out that piano, I'm like, UK spot, honk shoe. Yeah. Well, there's two. You didn't notice there was two Ralph's bits? two Ralph's? Yeah. Oh, this one looks like a UK spot, too. That's so weird. Yeah. (laughs) So, Scooter announces the nominations for best performance by an inanimate object or a group of inanimate objects. The first two, the singing food... And the talking luggage join him on stage, surrounding Scooter at the podium. I love the talking luggage. They look like alligators, <laughs> they right? They do look like alligators. I bet that's that must be deliberate, right? Like, weren't people using alligator as like leather? Yeah, back then. Yeah, alligator, alligator boots. Soup, yeah, all that kind of shit. <laughs> <clears throat> the third nomination is met with a loud gasp. The dancing mountains, who don't join on stage, when they're announced as the winner, the hills are alive with the sound of music plays over the earthquake caused by their imminent arrival. In an attempt to avoid a disaster, Kermit rushes to the stage and says that the award will be pre- will, will not be presented. We'll mail it out. This is like a wordy wiki this week. A wordy wiki. It's a real wordy wiki. Wiki wiki. Um, yeah, I love the luggage. I love anything anthropomorphized on this show. Oh, honestly. yeah. Like, just like... They do a great job at doing it. Yeah. The luggage, I feel like, was in... Wasn't that in a dressing room bit mm-hmm. a couple of episodes ago? Yeah. I don't remember whose dressing room. I don't either, but I remember it. Yeah. It's been around. So next, without reading a list of nominations, Scooter announces that the winner of the funniest comedy performance by a bear is Billy the Bear. Oh, my God. Fozzie has already shown up on stage to accept, but he's aghast that he didn't win. Billy the Bear! Excuse me, I thought you was a rug. Ha! Hey, listen, is that your real face or was your plastic surgeon cross-eyed? Ah! ah, listen, no hard feelings. Come on, have a cigar. Good, thank you. Fuzzy ah! <laughs> Bear is so cute. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, and who is who is this bear? I said, yeah, Billy. That's what I have in my notes. Billy the Bear. So Billy the Bear first appeared in the Chris Christopherson Rita Coolidge episode. Yeah, I'll keep him there. Then he was in Leo Sayer, Gilda Radner, John Denver. Mm -hmm. So, oh my God, he's the bear that climbs the tree when Leo Sayer climbs the tree. Oh, yeah. That's a very funny um, musical performance. Oh my God, and he's naked in that. Leo Sayer had really cool musical performances in his episode that were like Muppet infused Mm -hmm. and not just a straight He was a good episode. Yeah. Next was the UK spot, Megan. You and I and George. No. Is that what this is? No. What is it? The UK spot... Is Louis Kaziger, and he interviews the oh. Zucchini Brothers from the Canteen. Oh, it's an interview. Leondo says they yeah, won that makes sense. The that makes sense. Worried. So this is just a further. This scene like just further extrapolated on the I liked Zucchini it. Brothers when they won. But it's so strange that this was like technically the UK spot. That's so weird. That is that weird. it's like an extended sequence instead of a. Song. I think they do that one on, one or two other times. Yeah. Early, though. I, yeah. 
This, it's so strange. And then Lunch Encounter Counter Monster comes in. But no Gladys. And needs the award. No. And this hardly looks like the canteen that Gladys was running. This is just, you know, this is empty canteen. Yep, empty. Very it's empty. Out. Bring back Phyllis. Not Phyllis. Oh, my God. <laughs> Phyllis George is the host of this episode. Bring back Gladys. I wrote down filler guests for the Muppets is a good thing, I guess, until next episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we've watched a couple episodes where we're like, who the fuck is this? And they've been all right. We can't, I can't, I gotta stop just thinking about how bad the next episode is. I know. I have to just stop. I have for this episode, um, someone says later in the episode, they may not be, or I said, they may not be human, but they're a person. So, oh yeah, I remember now. Can you edit this whole part? (laughs) I'm like, this was yesterday night, and I actually sat there, Uh and I watched the episode, and that was all I did. And then I went to bed, but I still can't remember it. (laughs) Very clearly, for my notes, that says... They may not be human, but they're person. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I should. <laughs> Wait, so you wrote that note? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I wrote that note. Basically, the podium person who's announcing said the best person who was ever up there. And I yes. was like, they're not human. Uh huh. But they are a person. And why not just call them Muppets? Like, the exactly. Muppet. That's why I. you have exactly. a name for what this, what you're. Exactly. What, what your noun is. That's what, what I was trying are. to say, yeah. Doug. Thanks yeah. for decluttering my stunted brain function after a long day at work. I know. <laughs> okay, so Phyllis introduces Rolf playing you and I and George. Rolf this is what I thought the UK spot was. I would have, yeah, I would have guessed one of these Rolf performances. And then I was, was like, you and I and George, they've done this Especially song. Especially because this is such a recycle. Yeah. It's, you know, and then classic, I was like, this is the best UK spot. What a way to do it. Right. So, Roth performs on a brown piano this time, decorated with a candelabra. It's a simple performance on the third entry for the best song, previously performed in episode 101. I like it. Yeah, I love this song. I I love this song just because of how much they love this song, really. It's funny. It's fun. It's stupid. It's, you know. Yeah, it's a classic. To me, it is holy Muppets. It's a Muppet song. It really is. You know, like, it's... This song could just as easily be up there with any of the songs from the movies or whatever. I do have in my notes, Piggy Sue is back at the very end here because she comes up on stage later. Does she? Yeah. All right. So Link presents the Stunt of the Year Award to the Falling Alfonsos, who arrived to receive the prize by way of Drop From Above, right onto Link's head. Phyllis laughs from backstage and remarks, see why I asked him to announce it? (laughs) So like little bits like that are very fun. It, It adds to her like supposed knowledge of the show and how things go and her trying to like you know not get hurt or whatever (laughs) right i love this next thing this was probably my favorite bit of this entire episode and i hate that it's a scooter bit actually in my notes i i I like i said scooter song had me shook i can't stand scooter what (laughs) What the hell is going on? It's insane to me that I'm like, I fucking hate this dude. And yet, but this is I've, my favorite thing. This is literally my favorite thing. And honestly, it was it was nearly redeeming. Yeah, this is my, like, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. I love, I want to, I'm going to play the entire clip of this whole thing, I think, in this episode. You should. It's so good. It, it was the best thing ever. Yeah.
There's John and Liza, Sly and Bob, and Eldon J, who wasn't bad. Raquel and Steve and Cheryl, Alice, Edgar B, he's Charlie's dad. As well as Candace, she was great and really earned her salary. And so did Twiggy, Ethel K, and Peter, Paul, and Valerie. There's Crystal, Victor, Linda, Dudley, Helen, Roy, and Judy. There's Milton, Phyllis, Cloris, James, Loretta, Spike, and Rudy. There's Elkie, Liberace, Lynn, and Harry, Avery, Cleo, Teresa, J.P., Gilda, Rich, Don, Jean, Bruce, Pearl, and Leo, too. There's Lena, Harvey, Juliet, Diane, and if I get a chance, I'll try to find a place where I can also mention Mum and Shantz, along with Roy and Dale, Petula, Andy, Phyllis, Rita, Dom, and Nance, and Sandy, Harlow, Joel, and George. And Florence, Dizzy, Julie, and Lorene, and Bob, and Peter, and Connie, Kenny, Bernadette, Marisa, Chris, and Rita, Madeline, and Senior, Wences, Lola, Charles, and Beverly. This list is getting much too long, so I'll just end it cleverly. Leslie, Leslie, Ann, and John, and Danny, he's my hero. Roger, Ruth, Jim, Vincent, Ben, and last not least, is Zero. Wait. the winner and is pleased to find that it's her. Statler and Waldorf remark that anyone else would have been dumb to come back. Grasping her trophy, Phyllis breaks the Fred Award and receives a broom from Beauregard to sweep up the broken pieces. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't even remember that part. What part? The part you just read. This, like, end bit where she breaks the trophy? I or... don't remember that at all. No? No. Really? You watched this last night? I swear... They sang, oh, I am a very, I am the very model of a modern major general. And the Gilda. The Gilda yeah. That's so funny. That's so what I was thinking about. One of the things that I wanted to talk about and really remark is that this episode in the Wakia entry puts it before the Dizzy and the Liza episode. And Dizzy and Liza get a shout out in this episode as having guested on The Muppet Show. So it wouldn't make sense to have this episode air before those two. Mm-hmm. If those two get name checked as yeah. potential nominee as nominees for the best guest host yeah so i i'm glad that we went against you know yeah Nokia me and, too and, and went with disney plus on that one we had to go with disney plus. that song scooter's whole thing i just i loved it i can't believe he did them all it's insane to me i have to ask you a question mm-hmm. do you think the name phyllis will make a comeback i don't think so i think it sounds too much like an adjective or a verb what is it like phil you Phyllis. Know, like Phyllis. Like Phyllis. Phyllis. Phyllis Cuppa. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, Phyllis. I don't, I don't know. Cup. And like not to knock anyone called Phyllis. Phyllis like, Cup. Phyllis Cuppa. <laughs> Phyllis Cup. This is like. Um... Phyllis Cup. <laughs> so we're going to get a complaint from a Phyllis Cup. You want to criticize something, Meg. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> when you go to um, when you go to the doctor for a physical, and they Phyllis cup. And they're like Phyllis cup. Phyllis cup. I definitely. Uh, I don't know. I just. Uh, I think like the name because like. Gladys, you think Gladys would make a comeback as a name? I think Gladys could in the world where like Sophia made such a big exactly. comeback. And, like these, like it. <laughs> okay, it's very funny to me these like traditionally old lady names becoming popular again. 
Like, my grandmother's name is Dolores, and her sister's name is Lorraine, and their mother was Loretta. And it's like, could you imagine a child named we'll just any need, of those three yeah. names? No. I think Loretta is so cute. Like, there's little Loretta. Can you imagine? That's a cute baby name. But, it's like, but then it's those just... babies become adults. Yes. And they become golden girls, yeah. basically. Loretta, I Loretta. would have, if my name were Loretta, I would ask people to call me Larry as Larry. a nickname. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, or Lair. Retta, like the actress mm-hmm. Retta. I mean, I know she's Marietta, but I guess oh, she yeah. could be Retta, right? Mm-hmm. That could be kind of cool. But the name Retta's already taken. Yeah. There's only one Retta. But, yeah, I don't know. That's, Larry would be neat. Or Lair. I think I know, just like, like Lair. My grandmother, Dolores, had gone by, you know, some folks would call D. her Doll. Oh, Doll. Like, yeah, like my, I know, I remember my great-grandmother used to call her Doll. But yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. We should look up Phyllis on the baby name index and see how Phyllis Cup. Phyllis Cup. <laughs> now when I hear that name, that's what all I think. Thing. <laughs> I, I have an Aunt Phyllis. Yeah? Yeah. And, like, do you guys all, is she just Phyllis? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. What do you shorten it to? Phil? Whatever. Like, you know. I don't know. Liss. It's not a bad name. It's just it's an a older Liss, name. It's you know, a like Lissy it's a, doll. style. I you guess. know Lissy doll from Matilda? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Miss Honey's doll. Did you watch? Okay. We haven't infused this episode with any other pop culture. We've just been watching this Muppets episode. Did you watch the musical Matilda? No. I hear it was really good. I watched With the dancing. The dancing is great. There's a couple of really cool, like, ensemble numbers that are really good. Yeah. That, like, make it worth it. Otherwise, it's not good. So I'll just watch the dance clips. I think you should watch it because I want to know what you think about it. It's only, like, an hour and 40 or something like that. Where is it on? Where can I watch it? Okay. It's exclusive to Netflix. But, like, we are of the generation that, like would force our parents to go to block in my instance i'm putting this on you but like i would rent matilda from blockbuster like maybe once a month i live near a hollywood video so it would be hollywood video for me fine (laughs) you'd go to hollywood video and you'd be like i had fucking matilda rented constantly my parents i think bought me matilda Uh like enough we're not renting this again i just had the movie matilda in a vhs and i watched watched over and i would fast forward through the brucey part and then when it would end i would rewind it and i would watch it again probably part is a really funny number it is but like oh in in, the musical it's weird because i think the musical is hitting beats that the book touches at certain points oh really because there's a little bit more of, like, the Miss Honey story mm-hmm. and stuff, which is good, you know, but, like, nothing, no one can hold a fucking candle to Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman's yeah. performances in that fucking movie. Adopt me! I, you can adopt me! And I, I, like, hesitate to really complain about this without you having seen it, but I don't feel like some of that stuff is as earned as it was in the, the Mara Wilson movie. Oh my god, they actually do that in the yes. play, too? Oh. Yeah, it, less... Mm-hmm. Cringy, like the adopt me scene is very fucking weird. And I mean, even as a kid, I was like, that's kind of sh- like a that's bold. I wouldn't just like, yeah. but like it's I don't know. I feel like it's more earned in that movie, like that they they kind of have this. They're aware of each other's conflicts with the world, and that no one gets them and mm-hmm. everything. But in the this musical, I don't feel like it's as as like driven home that mm. their relationship as you know. It's and it's still just a student teacher relationship, but there's this this sense that they don't fit in in similar ways with their family, with their mm-hmm. kin, with their you know. And there's it's, more of a connection story. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was a little bummer to me that it didn't 
connect like that for mm-hmm. them. But I loved the original movie. It's so good. It's perfect. It's perfect. Danny DeVito. It, I, you know what, Doug? One of these days you will you will watch Death to Smoochie. One of these days I'll do it. I will. I'll watch Death to Smoochie and I'll, I'll do a back to back with that and um and ad- adaptation or being John Malkovich. Being John. I'll just do Catherine Keener special Maybe is what I would do, call that. I would say okay, what if we did like a Megan movie marathon and you forced me to watch all three of those movies? No, it's two movies. Just Death to Smoochie and Malkovich. Yeah. Is she in Malkovich? Yeah. And Smoochie. Yeah. Weird. Okay. So yeah. We'll do Catherine Keener a thon. It's a back to back double trouble, Catherine Keener. Oh my god, there's still so much to go. No. Okay, Burgard introduces Veterinarian's Hospital as the second nomination for best sketch. Dr. Bob starts by practicing his acceptance speech, but tosses his notes after Janice reminds him they have to perform the sketch first. He learns their only competition is pigs in space and continues his acceptance speech. This is the fourth Rolf sketch. I forgot that Rolf is a part of I he to me is he's just Dr. Bob. Yeah, so he is I, Dr. The Bob. The veil is lifted now it, that I'm reminded that it's It's Rolf. his best work. Yeah. I, I he is really good in these. I think that sometimes they go on a little too long mm-hmm. with like just nailing down the same kind jokes. of jokes after joke after you know. But uh, they've like, gotten better. I've liked these deconstructed versions of the sketches where they're super self-aware that they're up in for a sketch. An award uh, oh, and yeah. In a sketch and all that kind of stuff. I think that's like a fun format that they've done this episode. I think this episode was really well done. Yeah, it really was. It was well written. It was well executed. It's another really creative idea. Oh, presented. yeah. And I love that this has like a season finale kind of vibe to it. Right. Like to do a weird like. You know, kind of episode where they're going to give does, out awards or something. It feels like a season finale episode. Yeah. You're right. But it doesn't, it's, you know, what is this episode, like 14 of the season or something? It's like smack dab in the middle. It's yeah. Just, it just is the next episode. It's, it's it a halfway care. point. Did they take a break during the season? I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was the finality of, finale of their, like, like winter the, break. The first clip that they did or whatever? Yeah, like the first chunk of episodes? Yeah. So convinced that she can't lose in the best sketch category because she appears in both of them, Piggy readies herself for an ex- to accept the award. However, the judges have chosen not to award a Fred in this category, which elicits is lame. of violence from Miss Piggy. But it's also lame. It is lame. It is lame. Like, what the f- this frig is, is that? They'll never let Piggy win. It's, it's just the refusal to let Piggy win. I don't know. Backstage, Piggy rounds Kermit up to be nearby when she wins the award, but Kermit repeats his disdain for accolades won at award for ac- accolades won at award shows. Piggy's name is Red, followed by Kermit, who is surprised by the announcement. His mood shifts when he's named Performer of the Year and almost gets knocked out by Piggy mid-speech, but he quickly thanks her in his moment of triumph by planting a kiss on the cheek. I don't agree that Kermit should have won Performer of the Year. Me neither. I think that's He barely bullshit. performed. He didn't he, even perform. He, he was the host. Perform. He hosts this show. He runs this show. I know. He's a behind-the-scenes guy. I, I agree. I think he should have been eligible for nomination. Me neither. Nor should I, Scooter have been eligible. Nope. Scooter was eligible? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like, I'm listing off now oh. the people who are not who are ineligible. Yeah. yeah. Scooter, Kermit, Beauregard, Gladys... They can't, none of them can be nominated. Well, Gladys wouldn't be nominated because he... I know. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, the people who work behind the scenes, I'm sorry, 
you get best costumer, you get yes. best editing, you get you yeah, know, best you know, host. Yeah. yeah, and Fozzie stepped in a couple times, yeah. and he. Not yeah, that this... Fozzie needs that rejection again. No. Fozzie and where was Gonzo in this episode? Where is Gonzo? There's. I mean, like I see him physically standing here, but where? Why isn't he? Why? Why where the hell is Gonzo? Yeah. I don't like it. No, it doesn't make any sense. But so, no. Piggy Sue is back? They want her there because of her hair. She stands out. She makes it look like there looks like there's like a there's crowd. Like other characters. All right, so now closing out the show, Phyllis and the Muppets sing There's No Business Like Show Business, joined by Statler and Waldorf in their box, and a host of chickens in the wings, who are joined by a soul green pepper. What? What a weird little thing to add. Oh, the so... Muppets continue to hum There's no business like show business While Kermit thanks their guest And bids the audience goodnight Piggy is upset that she didn't win an award But Kermit asks her to take it easy The voting was done by a panel of blue ribbon judges When <clears throat> she sees who they are Piggy is furious the to learn that she wasn't good enough for two rats The rats I love that the rats They still haven't figured them out Like they're not just right yeah, yet Yeah they aren't so cool. just right yet But I love them They're trying to use them Yeah This is Oh my god They did like a weird like hickory dickory dock kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? With them a while back. Yeah, I'm glad to see them again, and I can't wait to f- see when they when it like snaps when they finally figured out how to make their rat character. Again. Yeah, and we will see it. No notes on this episode from anywhere. No, I liked the, it. Oh, um, I I actually wrote a note to myself where I said I think Piggy stands Kermit. You think Piggy stands Kermit? Yeah. Since so, I just learned what that, that I was going to say, for a little bit of backstory, this weekend you had um, myself and some of our other friends over for breakfast. You <laughs> made brunch in your new house for us. And we were talking about rap for some reason and Eminem and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it got to this point where we were talking about whether or not <laughs> Eminem was the best rapper of our generation. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. And we were talking about his influence on rap and pop culture and everything. And I, I stated a case that he altered popular culture in a way with the expression of standing mm-hmm. attributed to him. And you were like, what? Basically, like, you were familiar with and you to were be like, a stan. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, no, to be a stan is to be the character from the song Stan for someone. And you were like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Wait, so you mean when people say, oh, I stan him. I stan him means, like, I would yeah, that's... write a psycho letter about <laughs> comes from that. From, yes. This is what's, like... When you say something and you don't like, it's a part of the like the culture, yeah, the lexicon, the vernacular, the, and it's in the language, in the language yeah. and you really don't know what it means because uh-huh. I thought it was a derivative of stand, like oh uh-huh. I stand you, yeah, like and like I, I stand like you behind or yeah whatever, or I like you, yeah. yeah. I thought it was yeah. that no, and just stand, yeah. Like, my tea's gone cold. I'm wondering why that stand got out of it at all. Oh, that video God. is pretty epic, like. The Dido and then Devin Sawa. Yeah, and Dido's like playing a character that's pregnant with Stan's baby. Baby, right? yeah. She's playing the character. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that video's heavy. Heavy. I forgot Devin Sawa plays mm-hmm. Stan. That's adds another fun wrinkle to it. Yeah, um, it was good casting. It definitely was. Especially for its time. The, that was a video of our time, yeah. for sure. Yeah. How about the Linkin Park video, Crawling, when he's like in the sink and he's like looking up at the <laughs> Don't mirror. remember the Crawling video at all. And I was fully obsessed with Linkin Park. <laughs> I was fully obsessed. With I was like, I got to get that loop, my lip pierced. So I cool. loved it. They're, Megan, they're like hardcore metal 
and rap. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> like, meanwhile, they're like the wimpiest version of both of those yeah. things in the world. But they were so cool. They were so cool. Hybrid theory? <laughs> oh. um, okay. So I want to award, in my opinion, a... I think we should... Not in my opinion. In our opinion. I think in we should award opinion. the true best host of The Muppet Show. Drum roll. It's Gilda Radner. It's always Gilda. Right? It's Gilda Radner. It's always Gilda. And yeah. I was thinking about this because I was like... Imagine if Kristen Wiig could go back in time and host the Muppets because Kristen I think really she would fit. be amazing. Who else would host a really good Muppet show these days? I think in that keeping it Kristen, I think Kristen Shaw could host a really good Muppet yeah, show. Yeah, Kristen Shaw could host a yeah. good Muppet show. Oh, man. I want to see the Muppets back on SNL. It didn't work, though. I don't know. Why not? SNL doesn't work anymore, either. Yeah, it would be cool if the Muppets were on SNL, but not like... Like the real Muppets. Yeah. And they were just like adult time Muppets. Yeah, I'd like to see them do like a segment here and there. They don't have to be there on, on their full time. I just want to see more Muppet stuff. And in, in in like sketch format, I think. Because I don't... Like, did you watch at all? They did this, that Holy Moly. It was like the golf show. And they would do little bits in between and stuff. And it just felt like such an out of place situation for them. They're trying to rem- like keep us abreast to the Muppets, it seems. But they won't commit to giving them their own show. They're just, like, adding them to things. Like, I watched that... that um, They don't know what to do with them without Jim. Really it's so weird. I watched that... Um, they did that Christmas show where they made, like, snow things. They made things that... They sculpted out of snow. Okay. It was, like, one of those kind of cooking shows, but they made snow sculptures. And one of the, one of the teams in that group made Statler and Waldorf sliding down a hill oh! on a sled. And it was yeah. all designed after the Muppets Christmas Carol. And, That's pretty um, cool. Kermit came out of nowhere, and he like interrupted, and he was talking and stuff. And I'm like, Kermit is just existing here, but like, why aren't we watching a real Muppets thing? It's annoying to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just I don't know. I'm I trying to we'll think. See. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a special episode at some point when we're the gonna need to start pitching for we them. Should start pitching. We should start pitching ideas to them. Let me load up the next episode. So our next episode, Megan, is the Anne Murray episode. Anne Murray. I don't know who she is, but we'll find out. To read the description. Yeah, I I actually would like that. This name sounded familiar to me. Anne Murray. I'll remind you why you think it's familiar. Okay. When we talk about it next week. So Scooter bothers everyone, particularly Kermit, with his skateboarding through the theater, whether riding out of control with it or causing damage to sketch sets by leaving it around. Sounds fun. However, the skateboard does have some advantages. Kermit gets certain guests out of the theater for free when they want cab fare. And Scooter ultimately convinces the frog to have an all-skateboard finale to impress his uncle. I have to say, this is the worst plot of an episode I've ever heard. Scooter on a skateboard? Your name is Scooter! His name is Scooter! We're gonna watch that episode next week. Um... (laughs) In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at ITTWTM, <laughs> um, where Megan will ask for you to message us. Uh, yeah, join us next week for the Anne Murray episode. And until next week, thanks for the gumball, Phyllis. This is-